and welcome to BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's Thursday, the 25th of January. Um, oh, January's flown by. Um, not sure how much has got done in January, but there we go. Uh, Phil, how are you today? You're at home. I'm sorry, Andrew. I am at home today. I chipped my tooth and I'm getting a filling put into it. So, yes, unfortunately, going to the dentist, but I'll be in tomorrow, Andrew. <laughs> There. Um, right, let's. Uh, I thought maybe this week, you know, as a, the sort of start before we get into figures, we might just talk a little about the way EVs are going. We, we saw last night, I think it was last night, Tesla, well, they're still growing, undershoot what the market was expecting and the stock price was off. And we, we've heard Elon Musk saying that, you know, he's having to reduce prices to try and grab market share, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a few people saying, oh, God, the EV revolution is slowing down. It's not going to happen. There's a lot of people worried that China is going to go and dump EVs um, everywhere. And actually, this all sort of pretty much fits in with what our thinking is anyway, which is that, you know, actually, the reality is we are going to go EV. And there's a very simple reason why these changes are happening, exactly the same reason that people move from horses to cars it's because actually you end up with a better product that's more efficient um, and basically cheaper. And that's actually, again, where the Chinese come in. I mean, the Chinese are going to start producing EVs, which we, they will sell all around the world. You'll be able to buy a really good EV for probably somewhere between ten and £15,000, which is way cheaper than an ICE. And then, of course, actually, you'll be able to drive it, and the cost of driving it is de minimis because uh, certainly compared with petrol. Now, okay, everybody goes, that's fine, that's fine. What about range, and where do you charge it if you're in London? You know what? We had exactly the same sort of issues, Phil, when, when the mobile telephone came along. And I, I remember when the first, you know, Raycal, which doesn't exist anymore, came out with their massive brick, and everyone, well, that won't catch on. And then, of course, there was the rabbit. Um, <laughs> the sort of don't you start laughing about that? <laughs> I right? remember that. Yeah, um, I actually yeah. had one, and actually it was great because um, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly when I had one because I had one and I bought it basically when my eldest son was was being born. So it was thirty one years ago. Um, uh, of course, that got taken over by Orange and turned into a, an Orange mobile phone. Um, and then, of course, what really changed it all was when Arm. Um, developed their wrist chip and Nokia grabbed onto it. And then we got the little Nokia phone, which of course people now call burner phones. Uh, and then of course it morphed um, into smartphones through Apple basically. And we've got what we got today. Uh, and that's all happened in our lifetime. And you can have a similar journey with EVs basically. Um, I mean, at the moment we're sort of at the brick stage or the rabbit stage, um, but new technologies are coming along. No question about that. New battery technology is going to come along, which will solve a lot of the range anxiety, I think. And you know what? Charging is going to get there. Fast charging is coming along very quickly. Um, and you will get more and more charging points. And the ability to charge at home, it's, it really is a matter of time. You know, we've talked about how British Telecom is looking about whether they use their little green boxes at the end of the streets as charging points. But there are lampposts out there everywhere. You know, dogs... Dogs have found lampposts very useful for hundreds of years. Well, not hundreds of years, they've been around for hundreds of years. But, um, you know, we can turn them all into charging points. So I think, you know, we will get there. The cost is going to come right down. And 
the Chinese will dominate. I think I've said on this podcast before, I think that China will have 90% market share of the Chinese market, 50% market share of the European market, and 25% market share of the US market. And of course, that's what worries everybody, is that the Chinese are going to become the dominant player. Everyone says it's because they're going to be dumping in the same way they said they were dumping solar panels, but China dominates the solar panel industry globally. Um, and I think that, it, you know, is it dumping or is it just they manufacture incredibly cheaply? And of course, you know, we are seeing new battery technologies that are, are removing the need for certain uh, very expensive and short in supply commodities. The lithium price has absolutely collapsed recently, which has taken the pressure off the cost of the lithium. Um, you know, we're on an unstoppable journey. It's going to happen, but then things just don't go up in a straight line. They have these blips and bumps. So despite what I described, a lot of negative news coming out about the EV industry, it doesn't change my view at all. Uh, anything you want to contradict me with on there, uh, Phil? Well, I won't, I won't contradict you, but just adding in a little bit of history is, if you remember, the Japanese car industry and how that evolved globally and how I remember them being accused of like dumping in Europe. And they were able to Japanese manufacture far more efficiently uh, than we were able to do at the time, produce a far higher quality product. So there's a, you know, there's some parallels going on there. And the overall, the sort of EV market, I mean, if you look at the global growth figures and the figures from the US last year, I mean, US numbers grew, what, 35%, I think, sales last year into the US, and now 10% of the, the US market. So, you know, it's still very much on a, on a rise. And as you say, it's going, and it's going through quite a rapid evolution as well. You know, in terms of how technology is evolved, this is pretty quick. I thought you were going to do a podcast then when it called The Rest is History, which is a very good podcast, by the way. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, we moved from the, uh, should we say, the 60s and 70s, where if you looked around the UK, they were all pretty much, you know, British cars, British Leyland, Wolseley, yep. Rally, all this sort of thing. And then the Japanese absolutely came in and took enormous market share. Uh, unfortunately, they've obviously slipped back quite a long way. Uh, Germany certainly came in because they were very good at building an internal combustion engine. But, we, you know, you see these huge changes and it is going to happen. It, it's an unstoppable, stoppable train, to be honest with you. But anyway, there you go. That's my view. Anybody wants to disagree with it? Uh, I know there are some doubters out there who just can't believe the EV re revolution is going to happen. I see them out on formerly known as Twitter, whatever it is, X. Um, but I think it's inevitable. Anyway, there you go. There's my little bit for what it's worth today. Um, da -da -da -da. Let's uh, go on. So there's, there's actually um, quite a lot of news out there, I think, Phil. But I yeah. must have sort of been doing a lot of other things um, in the last this week, uh, not least uh, when we're doing a roadshow for our client equipment. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. kept pretty busy. Um, but people like what they're hearing, actually. It's a good story. Um, but Phil, why don't you kick off? Um, yeah, well, I'm quite happy to. Yeah, quite happy to go through through those. Um, also, the tech markets, you know, in the US are on an absolute uh, roll at the moment. Uh, Microsoft apparently hit three trillion dollars of market cap, um, but we've had results coming through. I mean, firstly, let's just just quickly continue on the automotive front. That was ST Microelectronics. Um, they're a big. Uh, big international semiconductor producer um, and they've come out with their fourth quarter revenue expectations guidance and it's a 15% drop 
uh, and they're expecting looking ahead a 15% drop in first quarter revenue. It was quite interesting with ST Micro because they said that um, in terms of demand, and they're a big supplier of semiconductors into automotive, they've seen a stable end demand in automotive, no significant increase in personal electronics and further deterioration in industrial um, demand. So that was ST Micro. Uh, and sticking with, you know, kind of more hardware tech, but also software, IBM, um, they had their quarterly results as well. Uh, share prices up 7% year to date. IBM's a really key one to watch because of its exposure, particularly to software, but also you know, hardware into data centers and AI. Um, and they said their software revenue is up by 3% the quarter to 7.5 billion, a little bit less than analyst consensus. Consulting revenues up by 6% to 5 billion. So clearly clients still spending very much on tech consulting. Um, and on infrastructure, of course, it's known for its mainframe computers, ports of servers. The sales were up by 3%. Um, and they said, uh, quote, in fourth quarter, we grew revenue from all our segments driven by continued adoption of our hybrid cloud and AI offerings. Uh, client demand for AI is accelerating. Um, and they said that their order books roughly doubled in, in that particular space. So that's all pretty positive, actually, um, from IBM. And sticking with software was SAP. Um, they're one of our biggest software, you know, Europe's best ours out, Europe's biggest software makers. It's a $190 billion uh, company. NVIDIA is a client of SAP. SAP makes under its, its ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning Software, which is used to, uh, you know, plan it, well, resourcing components, plan all of your production, plan your, you know, plan your, it helps with sales planning as well. Very, very, very deep integrated systems across many multinational businesses. Um, but they announced, SAP announced, that it's actually cutting 8,000 jobs, 7% of its global workforce, um, quote, as deep learning algorithms allowing staff to do more tasks and quicker. And this is our CEO saying that AI can you know, enable faster coding, software developer, contract checking, sales pitches, etc. So they're reducing staff. But we've got to remember, of course, when we see some of these staff reductions in tech, that um, companies, you know, through the pandemic, tech companies in particular, recruited quite heavily. So um, that's with software, so IPM, IBM and SAP, they're very interesting. But also, you know, going back to semiconductors, ASML, Andrew, I don't know if you caught their, uh, their, qu their quarterly results. ASML is a, a really interesting company to watch. Again, it's European, but they produce lithographic machines, which are used in the semiconductor uh, industry. And they're, they're used to make some of the most advanced uh, semiconductor technologies. Uh, big customers include uh, TSMC in Taiwan, uh, Intel and Samsung. And, you know, I think like TSMC, we've got to remember supplies NVIDIA, but also uh, Apple. Um, and they said that in their fourth quarter, their profits were up by 9% um, on good sales growth. Um, they also said their order books are up by more than uh, 9 billion euros. And this is really interesting because you've got to remember that, um, you know, when it comes to ASML, there are certain trade restrictions coming in because of the types of technology it makes. And this relates to China. And the company said that sales into China, usually its third largest market after Taiwan, South Korea, will be impacted in 2020. 24 um, and it's about 15% of the sales but nonetheless um, they were pretty positive on their overall uh, their overall outlook and margins increasing so good set of it results from ASML and driving you know just drive helping drive the overall tech market mm, that's good so yeah. that, was on a, that was on a wider front yeah that um, was a very wide front Phil very good but I like it U useful news 
Okay, well, there we, there we go. Let's get uh, a bit more close to home and to the UK. Um, Ilica, Andrew, battery Yeah, tech. we had the interims, didn't we? It just, it's just taking so long, isn't it? That's the trouble, Phil. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. It's new battery. Um, yeah, this is solid-state battery technology. Uh, looking at medical tech, but also automotive. And on MedTech, they've got an alliance with a company called Certec Medical in the States. Um, that project seems to be progressing well, and they're going to be using Ilica's technology directly in the States. Um, mainly grant-funded work at the moment, made a loss, but it's still got cash. You know, Ilica's got cash of 13 million, market cover 57 million, so it's you know, it's funded. Series Power, unfortunately, uh, they had a trading update. The shares were down 14% on day. I think it was yesterday. Did you see that one, Andrew? Or I did. Yeah, yeah. Fuel sales. Um, well, what can we say on this? Uh, the revenue was in line with guidance at 22 million, and the gross margin 6%. It's got cash for 140 million. Um, it's signed a new contract uh, for fuel cell electrolysis licensing tech to Delta Electronics, done in January this year. Uh, revenue of 43 million expected from that, um, and part of that to be recognized half it in 2024. However, uh, the market was uh, very much focused on news on their joint venture with Bosch and uh, Waichai in China. Um, and I think this is what impacted the uh, the share price. So not able to conclude the planned China JV in 2023, uh, maintaining strong relationships with both those parties, but it says unlikely to be completed in the current form as joint venture. Um, they're evaluating other options with Chai to address the Chinese market, and we'll update the market in due course. The overall stock market. Yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, it had a good run up in front of the uh, sort of warning, sort of, which is why it fell so sharply in the morning. I think you know, if you if you march it up too high, like the Grand Old Duke of York, not the one that we sometimes talk about, uh, but they then do come falling back down to earth. They do indeed. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll just I tell you what, talking of. Um, Warnings, by the way. Did you see RS had a bit of a warning this morning? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, they did actually. Um, a little bit of a warning, which uh, again, you know, it's it's just worthwhile noting when electronics companies RS is a big electronics company. Yes, yes, it is. Um, yeah, they warned, and it tend, you then t with someone like an RS, the reason it's important is that they they feed into the rest of the industry. Um, and so, yeah, just weak anticipated markets in, in Q3 is what they said. So you can imagine that feeding through because that means that people aren't buying off them, are they? No, that's that, that's really interesting because they're yeah, I mean they're one of the biggest distributors, Correct. and they serve across. I mean, you're spot on there, Andrew, because they serve right across the end markets in electronics, and it's smaller companies and bigger companies too. Uh, with components. I'll have a further look at that. Maybe talk about that a bit more next week, actually, or when we're back on podcasts together. I mean, on the just quickly on, you know, on automotive, because we sort of started off with that, AB Dynamics, I think it's ABD, uh, it's 390 million market cap. Uh, they had um, full year results. Uh, and AB Dynamics are really, really interesting because they feed into automotive development and new models and safety systems around automotive. Um, so they supply advanced testing, 
uh, equipment into the industry, simulation kit, you know, and a driver driver simulation. So they can look, look at driver behavior. Um, they also have, I think, accident simulation uh, equipment as well. But it all feeds into the transport market. And they said their annual revenues were up by 21% uh, to £108 million. Gross margins, always in focus, were up from 56.6% to 59.5%, which is very good. Uh, and their operating margins were uh, just up a little bit to 60.5%. But... Um, they had, just in terms of it, they said that, uh, yeah, the margins, good margins, but also strong cash generation with generating 23.5 million of cash. So I thought that that's quite interesting because, as I say, they're feeding into automotive development, so the R&D, um, so it's customers spending money in those areas and, and, and you know, pu- pushing ahead with, with newer models, uh, and particularly the safety system. So it's a decent, I thought it was a good set of results from them. Uh, computer Center, Andrew. Yeah, they had a good trading updates uh, yesterday, didn't they? They're, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were ahead of um, record-adjusted profits. I think they were ahead of expectations. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, the tickers, uh, CCC, 3.5 billion market, billion market cap. Um, and, the, yeah, this is one we've, we've watched and commented on. Uh, really, really important because it's all about IT, uh, IT equipment and infrastructure, um, IT consulting, networking, security across businesses. Uh, and Andrew was saying, you know, as you said there, good, good, uh, strong set of results that shows that businesses are spending on their um, on their IT. That just regionally was quite interesting as well. They're saying that uh, sales strong in Germany, North America, outweighing the impact of a weak performance in the UK. Um, but there, you know, there are some some more strategic reasons, I think, for that. They said they're making changes to improve their specifically UK performance. But overall, yep, very, very good. It's funny uh, the way that RS and Computer Centre are sending out different signals. But I suppose one is, they are actually in slightly different spaces. One is more what yes. like hardware and the other is more software, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. And I think also, if you look at RS, Andrew, they, there's thousands of components. So they're, they're across everything it's just not mm. computer you've got consumer electronics being developed they'll be in automotive industrial military just across the space i mean i remember years ago in the bloody industry you know everyone goes to rs and phones up when they want the bits um and you could want five or something you could want thousands just anyway there we go we did that one so moving on net call um, yeah. yeah net call uh, 146 million market cap um so Cambridge-based software company, uh, their software platform is, uh, they quote, intelligent automation and customer engagement solutions. But uh, this is all about automating the interface with the customer. Um, and so they have, um, you know, they've got customers in enterprise, healthcare, government. They serve two-thirds of NHS acute healthcare trusts. So they've got, I mean, for instance, you know, if, if you phone up, you try to get through. I mean, their software helps to automate processes. Uh, of course, they've got software bots in there as well in terms of responses. But it's all about, uh, and they have robotic process automation software to help, you know, when people are interfacing with customers to make the interface a lot easier in terms of calling up data and info. But that's that's what they do. Um, their revenues anticipated to increase by 8% to 18.9 million for the half. These were, this was an interim trading update um, and adjusted EBITDA growth of 9% on revenue growth of 8%. Um, contracted revenues were growing by 19% to 20 million. So yeah, all looks good. Generating strong cash flow period and cash position of 28.6 million. 
146 million market cap. I was just looking at the uh, the valuation on this thing, and it's on a EV revenue of three times, EV bit of 15 times, and that's a net call. So good, uh, good steady set of results from them. Fair enough. That there you go. That is, is that, that well. That was about iDocs. I was having just a quick look at iDocs this morning. Um, yeah. That that software into managing documentation within organizations and they spun everything from uh engineering services through to you know businesses through to social services you know in the uk and government um uh they had a trading of, no it's four-year results i think but it was a that looks an overall good set of numbers I've, I've not got the specifics but i just had a quick look at that this morning that was idocs yeah, they were finals, uh, yeah. and actually, you know, they right. were in line with expectations. So they were good, yes. but they were in line with expectations. Yeah, so they're in line. Yeah, we, we won't get too excited about it. Um, no. uh, there were a couple of others I spotted. Actually, I noticed that you, the sort of energy trader, um, actually had a very good set of uh, numbers. I think it was or trading. So I forget. I even forget sometimes. There's so many of them coming out at the moment. Yes, um, and they had actually quite a big. Um, uh, bump up shall we say if that's the right word on their uh, their numbers um it was a year end trading update that's why i get confused between finals but year end which is the final but it was actually a trading update yeah. um but it's been uh, as a stock it's uh, you know what it's 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 been kind of had one hell of a performance shall we say so i do wonder there you know obviously there's been some fairly abnormal energy trading going on in the last few years whether that's up up with events, uh, the markets actually it's come off a little bit today, so maybe the market's thinking that too. Uh, another one that I thought we should mention, because I think we mentioned on this uh, podcast before, was Cooth um, had a, a trading update. Uh, again, it was all um, fine. There was nothing, uh, nothing that exciting, nothing unexciting. There was a delayed payment, hmm. uh, but Cooth, yeah. which we have discussed before. Yes, that's right. It's, it's got very interesting, basically it's software, I suppose, but to help yes. the medical industry uh, with mental health. Um, so I really think it's one that's worth following. Um, so it was fine, but there was a bit of a bit of a, a whatever, a whoopsie. Uh, and then finally, probably from me that I spotted, but partially because we are corporate to it, and I think it is tech, but it is tech, and that is uh, Aquis actually had a, a full year trading statement. Well, you have to remember about Aquis, although they have the Aquis Stock Exchange, that is a tiny part of their business. Most of it is actually basically electronic trading, and it is trading for the, the way, the, the future of trading, should we say. Uh, look, the trading statement was fine. It's all in line, all going well, um, which actually is pretty good when you think what's happening in the bloody markets. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, well, I mean, I think the question is, is, is really how do you value Aquis? Um, it's a really complicated one to do. Um, it clearly has a lot of what I'd grab as inherent value. Uh, and it's one of those stocks where, uh, and we are the advisors, I'll be making up what I say, but it's one of those stocks that if somebody were to bid for it, there are other people who would go, no, no, I've got to have it. You know, they have, something, they have a lot of very unique stuff that a lot of people would like. Um, and that would start so they're very bidding more. If it were to occur, I'm not suggesting it would, by the way, at all. Um, but then the valuation could go a lot, lot higher. Uh, I do own it personally as well, actually, uh, just for that reason. Really, it has some very unique um, capabilities. But, uh, anyway, look, that's probably enough. Um, 
uh, you said we'll do it next week. We may. I'm down in South Africa, actually. Um, so uh, we'll see uh, how busy a day I've got. Uh, but you may have to do it with somebody else. Anyway, yep. most people don't give a damn about who's talking on this thing anyway. So anyway, <laughs> hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, do send us messages. Do sponsor us, whatever. You you know the usual stuff. Thank you very much. And you, you never know. It might be next week. It may not. Okay. Well, have a good trip, Andrew, anyway. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.